dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points gon' pile up That is the underdog fight down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Down is the underdog fight down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 79 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Uriah Dawkins. Join with me as always, Billy Beeman, one half of any given pod. How you doing, man? Great, man. Post, post-football season. Like, it's over. Yeah. This isn't even post-season, man. We're off-season. It feels like nothing's changed. No, not for us, right? Like, we're, we're, we're year-long, 24-7, Dynasty, all, all day. So it's, it's kind of like this is our, I feel like this is our moment, right? This is, this is where we, like, thrive we thrive in the offseason dynasty owners right yes it's good man yeah i think the the only thing that's really going to change is the wife's going to expect me to do more stuff on sundays than i normally have but yeah <laughs> which isn't a bad thing honestly it's nice to, to break up the monotony and like you'll you'll find something else to to look at with football on sundays when you do have the time so there's that but yeah that's it how is it how do you enjoy the super bowl though i mean we, we did the biggest game of the year we got to talk about it a little bit right yes i i enjoyed it um i know like uh, a lot of people are like, yeah, it's kind of boring. I wish there was more scoring. Just not. I thought it was just a good game, man. I really did. Yeah, it was tight the whole way. I know. Like, I kind of feel a little disappointed. Like, I'm not going to harp on it too much, but like, how are they just saving the, all those flags through the whole game, which I love. So let them play, let them play. But then it was like, really, the last like minute and a half, you're just going to start carpet bombing with the flags? Like, <laughs> as an impartial viewer, it's like, man, that kind of it just left a bad taste in my mouth at the end i'm like really yeah it didn't feel right it did not feel right if they just let them play it just would have been different yeah because you could see the Bengals probably get that stop there they get a a lot more time to come back at the end there and you got to think that with a little bit more time the way that they were playing burrow seemed to kind of have it in them to to do it right if they were going to put it in his hands with you know with time not against him but that said, it happens. It was just funny. I, I said on Twitter in the middle of the game, I was like, you know, maybe I'm on an island here, but I like seeing them let these calls go. Because there was certainly, like, T. Higgins pulling the face mask, that could have been called. There was other ones, too, that were on uh, that, that were on L.A. as well that could have been called the other way that didn't get called. And I was, like, perfectly fine with it. Look, just let them play because it's the biggest game of the year. These guys are going to get physical. They're going to get up on each other. Like, you got to let it go. And, uh, and, and also for the one you're talking about, I think the, you know, there was the, the Cooper cup one was obviously a, a, a penalty, like the, but that, that was offsetting, I think at, at that point anyway, but the one that was egregious was the Luke Wilson on Cooper cup. There's also Cooper cup, but it was Luke Wilson. And I don't know what you, as a ref, like, what do you expect a linebacker to do against Cooper cup? Right. Like, and he didn't hold him, but like, you're not going to allow him to to feel for him, to like feel yeah. where he's at. Cause that's what he was doing. That's what guys do all the time. It's, it, I forgot who was talking about it. Maybe it was Bucky Brooks. I was listening to or something, but it's, it's called like, it's called like a tagging the player or something like that. Like it's, it's basically just like knowing where they're at at all times. You know what I mean? You're not holding them though. And yeah, that was just a terrible call really, I think affected the game, but the Bengals still had a chance there at the end. And I think play calling, bad coaching, bad play calling, really did them in in the end there because you know you're giving it to Samaj P Ryan on a third and one 
taking it out of Burrow's hands on a third and one, which is crazy to me, either pass it with him or run him up the middle with Burrow. I, like you're one yard, right? Yep. And if you're going to give it to a running back, how is it not Joe Mixon? I, I don't know. A lot of stuff there that, that was bothersome. But that said, I thought it was really exciting. And we always dis- discount this because bad coaching and the offense didn't come through, but the defense in that game came through almost every time for the Bengals and for LA and for LA. Right. And obviously they scored, you know, 20 odd points, but it's like, it's the NFL, you're going to score points. They, they did great on defense and it was fun to watch. And I think people kind of discount that for some reason. The secondary for the Bengals that are playing pretty good towards the line of scrimmage, making like quick stops and stuff. It, it was just a fun ball game. I was able to watch all of it. The wife was treating me very well and had great spread wings and cheese dip and all that other stuff. And it was good. I love the halftime show, obviously, because I'm that age group. <laughs> yeah of course dude i mean it's all my people well even if you even if you don't love that music i thought they put on a really good performance like the sound was really good the quality was good yep and yeah i don't know it was just a it was a good show i don't think it was by any means the best i've ever seen it was not the worst it was good it was really good so that was fun one other thing before we move on to some of the i think dynasty nuggets from the super bowl uh the aftermath of the super bowl that is but Matt Stafford, he had a great year, obviously, won the Super Bowl. Congratulations to, to him. I mean, he's been a really good, really good quarterback in the league for a long time. But he had 17 interceptions in the regular season this year and threw another, I think, five. And it could have been six to seven, maybe eight, depending on a couple guys' hands. Yeah, some were ugly. I, I don't know, man. Like, I think that he'll probably come back and, and be just fine. But that was concerning to me. That's all. I, it just didn't look that good. Like, I know a lot of people are just, like, really happy for him. So, they're, I think we're overlooking it and just, like, yeah, he played amazing. But, like, uh, he threw another one right into a defender's arms in that game, and mm-hmm. it got dropped. He also threw two picks. <laughs> and he also threw two picks, yeah. So, so, yeah, I don't know. There's something about Matthew Stafford there. Maybe it was first year in the system. Maybe he fixes it next year. But, yeah, that's just something to think about. You don't ever, like, want to take away anything from such a great victory. But you're right. You know, it's worth pointing out. I'm just trying to look at it objectively. You know what I mean? I'm not even – you know, it is what it is. But I'm not saying, like, bad quarterback. I'm just saying <laughs> – I'm just saying, like – They'll come for you. <laughs> yeah, I just I just wonder if, you know, he's older. I wonder if it's kind of turning sooner for him than it would Brady or other guys because he's never been that good. You know what I mean? I'm not saying yeah. he's when I say that good, I mean he's not a hall of he's not necessarily a lock hall of fame quarterback in my opinion. I know that's the debate that's out there, but I think it's pretty, you know, that that's not a hot take. <laughs> I'd like to see more. This is his first year winning a playoff game, so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what we have. That's funny. It's a good way to put it, but all right, let's, let's talk about this, some of the, uh, the aftermath of the Super Bowl here. Yeah, so uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was looking pretty good in the game until he dropped a pass, but he dropped a pass because he, he shredded his knee. He tore his ACL, and there's this, and he was looking good. It's like, man, he might be a part of the future of this team and all that, and then one guy kind of brought me down a pick when I was thinking about him, and this is a tweet from Michael Dave Smith. I don't know who he is or how he came up with my timeline, but this is pretty good. He said, Odell Beckham tore his ACL on October 25th, 2020. Wasn't cleared to play again until September 26, 2021. If it takes him the same amount of time to recover from his torn ACL in the Super Bowl, he'll miss the entire 22 season. Yikes. That, damn, I didn't even think about it like that. That puts things into perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was like, man, you know, this might be a guy like you go out and get still relatively cheap and if he's going to produce on that offense, but like, okay, let's be real here. He's not going to play in 2022, most likely. Yeah. 
And that's, I mean, that's pretty good logic. I, I thought it was on the other knee, but now I'm hearing it's on the same knee. I thought it was the other one. I thought it was the other one too. I don't know which one, but if it's the other knee, I think it's a lot less likely it takes the same amount of time because I don't know, it's a different knee. You don't know. And generally these things don't take that long to recover. Yeah. And also some of that quote unquote recovery, I, if I'm not mistaken, I thought was just him sitting out of the Browns stuff, trying not to play for them. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I have a feeling that some of it might've been that regardless, regardless. Yeah. That's not good news. If I had him and somebody wanted to trade me, you know, a second high second, I'd probably be willing to move on from him. Now I think I tried to send him the only share I have of him. I tried to send for Michael Thomas. I sent like him in a third for Michael Thomas or something like that to see if, yeah. because he's still technically on IR, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah, who knows? I think Michael Thomas has a little bit better of a chance just based on health like at this point then obj i don't know did you get a response back yet i did not okay i'll be interested to see yes yes all right so the next one is acres just like fourth week in a row we've talked about him but again he did not look good on the other hand none of those running backs really did either so uh, darrell henderson looked okay he looked the best of the bunch that's for sure they were using him differently out there spreading him out wide make uh he must have got like I don't know, four targets or something. I don't know exactly, but just off the top of my head, remembering Sunday, he I think he was out like probably four targets, three targets. Darrell Henderson, they were using him differently. Three targets or three receptions, sorry, three receptions, 43 yards. And he had four carries for seven yards. So yeah, Cam Akers, 13 for 21. No targets, right? He caught, He also caught three for 14. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So he wasn't nearly as efficient as Darrell Henderson in general all day. He came back from an Achilles injury. So, you know, it's Achilles tear. I'm not really surprised by this, but I, I think, you know, going into next year, if he had a really good game, we would have been talking about him as like a top, maybe a first round pick, definitely a top oh, 24 yeah. pick, right? And, mm-hmm. and now definitely throws some doubt into that. And I think it should, but I still don't think he's going to go where he should go. He's probably still going to go in that second, third round range. And, and yeah, I'm just not willing to do it, man. Like, you can see that they're willing to use Darrell Henderson. I don't see why they wouldn't bring him back. Uh, I, I could see Sony Michelle moving on. But, you know, he's going to be at least part of a one-two punch, maybe more than that. I don't know. I'm just not that interested. And also, I don't think we've talked much about what's, the, what's their fucking 40-year-old lineman's name on the Rams? Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth. Yeah. Andrew Whitworth is going to retire. He just won his Super Bowl. He's done. He's done. I think they have two other players on there that are either free agents or possible retirees. So that offensive line is not going to be what it's used it used to be or what we are used to it being. So I'm just I I was never high on Cam Akers pre-injury. You remember this, right? I'm not high on him now. And I just don't I, I think that at this point with guys like Cam Akers who have this much concern around them for whole bunch of reasons not just injury i'm totally willing to get out from under that like we've been talking about and this is another example of why because i think his value is probably still steady and he had a bad game and he had another bad game and he's going to be in a timeshare and it's going to be hard for him i think to pick up with all the things we've we've talked about so yeah like i think if you can get first round value second round plus value for him like like your i did like move on man it's another chance for you to get out absolutely all right, that's pretty much all the news and nonsense. Yep. Let's talk about this. So our we have a Dynasty Underdog Listener League number two, DU2, if you will. And one of the members, David, 
Kingston, I believe his last name is. Hopefully I didn't butcher that. He, he brought up the idea. He's like, hey, man, well, why don't we try third round reversal? You know, he linked a thread where it, there was a post where it kind of like explained, you know, how doing a third round reversal is a little more fair for the people on the back end of the draft and whatnot. How do you feel about it? Do you like it? How did the voting go? How did it finish? Was it like five did you and vote? seven? Or... Did you vote? I voted, yeah. All right, good. One person didn't vote, and I don't know who it was. I think it was Matt. Ah. I think it was Matt, but it didn't, it wouldn't have mattered because it was seven to four, I believe it was. Okay. Right? That that can't, that adds up. Yeah, seven to four. And so even if he had, you know, it would have been seven five if he said no, eight, eight, four if he said yes. And uh I was I gave it until the the poll ran out because people could change their votes on these things too on the mm-hmm. on that poll. So you know, somebody thought differently, then it might affect things. But I, I'll be honest, like I voted for it. Yep. But I don't think that it makes that much of a difference. First of all, I think that's number one. I don't know if it makes a huge difference in general. I think that it could give a little bit too much power, maybe to the managers on the back end of the draft, because the third round reversal, what it's doing is you have your first and second round normally, like you would any other draft. And then Come the third round, it flips the order entirely and goes snake from there the rest of the draft. So you still will end up getting back-to-back picks after you know the reversal, but it what it does is it essentially flips back to the number 12 pick and gives them an earlier pick rather that they that they usually wouldn't earlier, have. Yeah. So I just don't know if number 12 is that big of a disadvantage in the first place. Yeah. If being number 12 was, I voted yes because I thought it was an interesting twist. And I wanted to see if we can get it going and majority of the league did want it to go. So, which I thought was interesting too, because there's a bunch of people who are new to dynasty. And I think admittedly they, they were in there like, Oh, I, I don't really know what a third round reversal is and whatever. And they, they just found it interesting as well. You know? So that was kind of cool. Yeah. I voted yes for the same reason. I, I have never done one. So I said, Hey, let's, let's try it. It doesn't matter though. It turns out I got pick seven. Yeah, so you're so right. I'm like, yeah, seven, six, seven, six, seven, six. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm eight. I'm like right behind you. I'm eight. So it's going to be, you know, not much of a difference for me yeah. either. But, and that's what I mean, though. I, the reason I voted for it was because I didn't think it was going to alter my drafting that much or anybody else's. I'm obviously going to account for it. And, and I think there's some like draft tools out there. I think RotoWire does one of them where they you can do like a third round reversal. Uh, and I, I don't know if like you can get all the settings exactly the same, but you can at least see what it's like with like a two QB draft, like what it would kind of be like. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure there's other ones out there. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think all of the guys in here have played fantasy football long enough to kind of get with the program. And, uh, and yeah, I'm excited to see it. Fortunately, MFL easily offers that that setup so it's nice love my fantasy league i've got the rollover today baby uh low-key sponsor of the podcast by the way <laughs> pretty much pretty much yeah, yeah. Pretty much. We, we endorse mfl uh they, honestly they're great they they did really do us a, a solid for both of our listener leagues they cover the fees on on the site because there is a fee for using my fantasy league but they know that we're like we're bringing people onto their site and into the community so you know it's a good partnership they, they love it awesome so let's I guess wrap up what we've been doing for the last just to be fourth week. So we did free agent running back pricing, free agent wide receiver pricing, free agent tight end pricing. And since we do play super flex, let's check out some of the free agent quarterback pricing. Oh yeah. Again, this list is probably not totally complete. There might be a guy that's like on the last year of his contract or possibly a fifth year option guy or whatever, but they're all basically 
have the potential to go a new to, to a new team or not be playing for the team that they're currently on. So we'll call them all free agents. That's basically what they are. All right. So the first one, uh, recent news, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz uh, likely not coming back to the Colts. I would hope. I would hope so for the Colts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he played, I think he played okay. I don't know why. I think he played okay throughout this season compared to last season, but he totally folded uh, in the most meaningful game of the 2021 season. But according to the DTC, DennessyTradeCalculator.com, he's worth the 202. What do you think about that? I just think that he's proven again that he can't do it. And this time he had all the talent really around him and a good defense to support him. So for me, if they're going to move on from him in Indy, sure, can he find himself another backup gig and maybe get a, you know, maybe win the job or something and... Yeah, I don't know if I really want any part of that. You know what I mean? And the 201, if I can get maybe a Kenny Pickett or a shot at uh, at, at Howell or, or one of these guys, you know what I mean? That, uh, that, that you know, kind of lost some steam for whatever reason it is, uh, then, then I think I'd rather take a shot that way. Absolutely. I think, I think this price is going to drop more than this 202. I think he is definitely a guy like this offseason I'd be interested in picking up because I still have a bad taste in my mouth about like not accepting Tannehill as a throw-in about three years ago. And I kind of get this feeling that Wentz has the potential to have a Tannehill-like resurgence at some point. But at the 202 price, I, I would rather, like you said, take a chance on one of the rookies that will inevitably fall out of the first round of your rookie draft. Next one, Teddy Two Gloves. He's worth about a mid-third on DTC. There's talks that he might be coming back to Denver. That's assuming that they don't land Aaron Rodgers, which is still a thing that people like to talk about. Teddy Two Gloves is not the greatest quarterback for fantasy, but he's a quarterback, and you get to start two of them. I mean, mid third is not much to spend on a quarterback, so it's sure, not. like if if I'm in need of that third one, just like I tried to go out and get kind of a Jimmy G type thing, and I'm confident in Teddy, then yeah, I mean, mid third is not that much to give up again, so sure i would do it in a vat like i i I don't know if i would do it in a vacuum but i would do it in a specific a specific situation right yeah yeah next one james winston he had had a pretty good start to almost like a resurgent uh we talked about him a little bit last off season if you saw like the interviews that he was doing and the way he was talking was like oh don't be kidding me john like he had that you know like fake car salesman type i don't know he got coached (laughs) up and it was he was quickly becoming like one of my favorite like interviews because like he's just He's a fun guy to love in the first place. And he was so young and immature and you, you've seen him kind of grow a little bit. And of course he got LASIK. We can't forget that. Yeah. And he had like the first, like what, three, four games before he hurt his thumb. He was doing okay. Oh yeah. Even, even when he was doing, even then he was doing okay. I mean, really the, the ACL completely derailed their season and, and his comeback. Yeah. His comeback. Cause he was coming back. I think so. I, and in that, in that offense, under Sean Payton, I think he was really learning a lot and he was, it was reined in a bit there. Right. And just a little bit more conservative and he was doing well. And maybe he can take that game somewhere else. And for what his value is right now, I think I'm totally willing to take a shot on Winston. He's young enough. We know ACLs aren't going to ruin anybody's career necessarily, especially quarterbacks who, I mean, he wasn't that mobile in, at this point anyway, like he can yeah. run, but he wasn't that mobile or anything. So his arm is what you're looking for. And I think he can get back in right now. 
with Tampa Bay looking to figure out what to do at quarterback, why can't he be the solution there? Why can't he be the solution in New Orleans? I don't know. So, you know, what's his value now? 208? 208, according to DTC. Look, I mean, you could probably get something decent at 208. I don't know. I'd rather, that's close. But yeah, if you need a quarterback, 208's not that bad. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Winston here, me personally. Yeah, I think, I think he's got some years left. I do too. I really do. All right, next one, Baker Mayfield. I think this is the last year of his actual contract. So they'd be doing like either a fifth year option with the guy, give him an extension. I don't really know exactly what's going to happen there. I know the community hates this guy for whatever reason. I'm a huge Baker fan. So that's, you know, I always like, I always get on Twitter or wherever and like defend the guy, even though he has like bad games, but he was injured this year. So that he did have a bad year, but according to DTC, you could grab Baker Mayfield for the 112. Yeah. I think you got to do that for the 112 and and it doesn't feel great saying it right now because of you know how the season unfolded and what the roster kind of looks like but he's 26 years old he's 26 years old he's a you know top 10 pick he's going to get more chances despite it, whether it's in Cleveland or somewhere else which you know maybe they do move on from him I just don't know how many better options there are out there for the Browns right so 112 just doesn't seem like that much to me for a quarterback no not at all. Especially somebody with his pedigree. Like, I, I definitely don't think I could take the 112 straight up in good conscience. Like, I need, I would definitely need more than that for, for Baker, for sure. I was on the opposite side. If I was looking to, someone was wanting to buy Baker from me, the 112 is not cutting it. Right, right. Like, and, and if I'm going to buy Baker, like, I'm thinking of that, like, I just bought him for a second round pick, which is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Next one, Sam Darnold. According to DTC, you could get him for the low, low price of the 207. He's probably worth taking that shot on, right? Like if we're saying essentially that about Winston, maybe he's probably worth the same thing. Cause again, we're talking about a, a former first, what top five pick, right? Overall. Yeah. Yeah. First overall, he's something, one of those. Something like that. Yeah. Very, 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 very high pick. So with Darnold, the only thing I'd say is I think that if you wait a little bit, he's probably going to start for the Panthers this year. And you might be able to get more when you know that he's starting for the Panthers. Absolutely. I think so too. I think right now there's a lot of like, we don't really know what's going on with Darnold right now. We don't really know. I don't know if he's going to start for the Panthers. They don't have a ton of options to get quarterbacks in this draft. I'm still not really too high on any of them. I think if you could get any quarterback under the age of 30 for mid second, that's done something in the NFL. Like that's, I don't know. That's just a better bet than, opening up a, a box and you don't know what you're going to get. I, I think that's fair. I think it's really hard in super flex leagues to value quarterbacks because a lot of these guys are like so up in the air at this point, but a quarterback's a starting quarterback's value is so much higher than a mid second in the NFL, especially one with the pedigree of a guy like Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold, right? Like these were really good college players and they were really high picks in the NFL draft that, doesn't always equal success, but it generally equals longevity and potential success. Opportunity, for sure. Opportunity, for sure. And then that opportunity usually will lead you to more value. And I think right now in the non-point non scoring season, if you can get these guys for very cheap, you can at the very least flip them for something down the road. All right, next one is kind of fun. Marcus Mariota. This is this is where we get to the fun stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. He it seems like he kind of likes his little backup role there in, in Las Vegas. And every time he comes in, he has a usually whatever play they run with him is successful on some point. And 
he's not really throwing the ball, but he's doing his thing. But he's just another one of those guys that like high draft pedigree looked good in college. I think he still is. I think, I think he's a better quarterback than Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. I just, we haven't seen it in a long time. According to DTC, he's worth a 212. I think he's a free agent. I think his contract up in Las Vegas is over. Are you willing to send a 212 for Mariota? Yeah, I am 100%, honestly. And I, I like that take that he's, that Mariota at this point is probably better than Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd like to see it, right? I'd like to see him get a shot to prove that because I think that he could be a good quarterback. I think he was in a very tough situation in Tennessee, right? He was actually kind of the scapegoat and the sacrificial lamb for what they became eventually, right? He was there before the Derrick Henry, the rise of Derrick Henry and all that, and kind of got beat to shit in that offense before Rabel got there. So, you know, I, I, I kind of feel for him. And then, you know, he got moved around a bit and, and found a home, like you said, in, in Vegas. And that he does, I'm sure he does like that. He got paid a ton of money there, but now contracts up and I'm sure he wants an opportunity to prove himself again, maybe in a situation like Washington, right? Stop gap there or something like that. Even Pittsburgh, who knows, but this guy is another one with the pedigree of former top 10 pick, you know, in the same class as Winston. I think he got drafted before Jameis Winston actually he did. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I love the value here for, for that. I, I would totally be buying into guys like this because again, for a third round pick, getting a, a guy who can be a potential starter in the league. I love it. And he's already the backup for, for Derek Carr. So, you know, at the very least you, you bought yourself a handcuff there. And then the last one, Tyler Huntley, according to DTC worth the 210. Now in Lamar Jackson's absence, Tyler Huntley looked more than capable of being a, an NFL quarterback. Again, it's, it's a 210. I mean, what are, what are we looking at there, right? I think these are the types of situations you got to, in, in Superflex, not one quarterback, but I only play Superflex. So you can't buy quarterbacks for less than a first if they're starting. You could only get them for these prices, you know, late second, mid second, uh, mid third, when there's this uh, toss up between, we don't know exactly, is he going to be starting or not? So these are kind of the type of trades you want to make. You're, you're kind of trying to project or guess what's going to happen in the future. But he's just another guy, I think, you know, the 210, 212 or something like that, like, why not? These last two are some of my favorites, I think, of the free agent class here we're talking about because they're so cheap and they have the most upside, in my opinion. Maybe maybe Winston has the most upside because he actually has done it before and has, like, that that passing pedigree. We can seriously see him passing for 4,000 yards and 30-plus yeah. touchdowns, whatever. Like, that's easy. So he probably has the most upside. I think these other two have the most upside as far as dynasty value and longevity, right? Because a guy like Huntley gets a starting job in Pittsburgh and his value shoots through the roof. Like you couldn't even imagine, like you might want to sell him no matter what at that point, because yeah, you don't know what he's going to do and they have no reason to stick with him. And it'll probably be a year or two stopgap. You know, that's the kind of thing, but he definitely does provide some fantasy relevancy. And I like, I like all the opportunity there with him. I really do. I bought him in dynasty underdog listener league one in that package with Jimmy G. So I'm, I'm all over it for sure. I would do this in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. That's all of them. We could have added a Deshaun Watson just, you know, for fun, but well, we'll leave him out of there. We'll yeah. see what happens with him. <laughs> yeah. He's worth a lot and uh, don't, I don't want to pay for him until I know what's going to happen. So yeah. I, I mean, I guess if you can get him for cheap, do that. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, cool. Let's, uh, let's hop into our, our third Dynasty Underdog prospect profile. This week, we have Romeo Dubs, wide receiver out of Nevada. Tell me what you, what you put on the film. You took your notes. Tell me what you saw. I saw an elite name. Yes. Number one, right? Like this guy, as far as name rankings go in this class, he's got to be one, two, something like that. Romeo <laughs> Dubs. Guy gets dubs. That's all he does. Yeah, Romeo Dubs was actually a really, really interesting wide receiver out of Nevada. Again, like I, I should, you know, preface these by saying most of the time, like I watched some college games during the season. I don't watch all of them. How could you? And I'm way, way more into the NFL and I write during the NFL season. So I can't even focus that much on it if I wanted to. So a lot of these guys, like the first time I'm seeing them is when I'm diving into the film and doing my, my reviews on them in the off season, right. And super bowl just happened. So this is when I'm getting into it. And I really hadn't seen Romeo Dubs. Like I, I know Carson strong I've watched him a bit, but I never watched Nevada. Who the hell's watching Nevada? Like for any other reason than watching these guys for when they get into the league. Uh, so sorry, shots at Nevada, <laughs> but, but Romeo Dubs really stood out to me on film. Like not many have in this class, to be honest with you. And he didn't like shoot up to the the complete top of my rankings. He fell in actually at number five. So I guess he did shoot up pretty high up into my film rankings. Right. And I should also reiterate, this isn't necessarily where I'm going to rank them in the end or where I would select them. It, it may end up being, but like, you know, other things are going to factor into this in the, in, in the end, obviously some of the numbers that we talk about here and whatnot. So, okay. Just to jump into it. I think, you know, as an overall prospect, he's an above average prospect, which is, which is pretty good. I think, you know, there's only one more tier above that for me and it's elite. So he's definitely in, in a pretty good place there for me, just going through some of the individual attributes and where he ranks, you know, separation, beating press and his route running all about the same, just above average. He's definitely gets more separation and, and he, he can get off the line and beat press really, really easily. And it's not necessarily with route running. It's a lot more about physicality with him. One of the things I think he does at an extremely high level, I would call it elite, is catching the ball. This guy has hands like nobody's business, right? He ain't dropping anything. It's with, it's not in the body. He's going out there to get it. Like he's not letting anybody attack him and, and get to the ball, right? So that's a big part of his game that I really like. He's not super elusive, but this guy has like incredible bursts. Like I said, he gets off the line fast. And the yards after catchability is, is next level stuff. He actually reminds me a lot. I know people love, love comps. So I always try to think of one when I'm watching a guy and players do play similar to, to other players. They, they watch these guys growing up and try to emulate them. Right. He reminds me a lot of Amari Cooper, Oh, a lot of Amari Cooper, right. He has a, a really good release acceleration off the line. He has that good size and speed combo, right. He's a, he's a bigger guy and he uses it. Uh, he could use some work in the route running area that, I would not match up to, to Amari Cooper. They aren't, he's not a route technician like Amari Cooper was pretty much right out of college, but he has really quick feet and he can do some of the similar things. So I think with development, he could get there. And just to reiterate, he impressive yards after the catchability for his size, like he moves fast and you see it right off the line. Like it's this big body guy who just shoots down the field. And you're like, that's going to work in the NFL. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, just a couple more things before I let you jump into the numbers. He has really good hand fighting at the line. He has a strong stiff arm, which is noticeable. Like he uses it, which a lot of guys, fun. Like, it is fun. And a lot of guys in college, like they're not as aggressive and they're not as confident 
to kind of do those things. And he is really willing to kind of like, you know, put his hands in the dirt and, and really kind of get dirty with, with these defenders. And it makes a difference. And some of it may go back, you know, some of just that aggressiveness and, uh, and that, that work ethic may go back to the fact that he's also a special teams player, which is going to really help for the NFL. He's a punt returner. It does help. He, he's immediately going to get in there, I think. And yeah, I think the only question is right. Like the talent that he was playing against. Okay. Because he looked really good, but he's, he's Nevada. Like this isn't like a huge conference or not playing a ton of, a, a ton of top tier teams. So I'm not sure if the NFL is going to respect the film as much as I have, right. Or respect what they're seeing in general. And I don't know how well he's going to test. So I think it comes a lot down to, you know, how does he test for the NFL? And then if he gets a draft capital for me, because if he gets any sort of, you know, day one to two draft capital, I think we have something on our hands here. Okay. So I looked at the metrics. I used Dave Wright's database, Peter Howard's database, and it did a quick run through. I try to look at kind of just because he does play for what the Mountain West. Is that what it's Mountain West? Is it Nevada? Let me I just to say he's also he's 6'2, 200 pounds, just just so we know. Yeah. He's pretty pretty good size. But he doesn't play in like, you know, the biggest, baddest conference in the, all of the world. So I try to do a lot of like it is the mountain, mountain yeah, west conference. Try to do yeah. some filtering by the conference he's playing in just to kind of judge him based on other people coming from similar situations and their production in college. That way I could really see what his numbers look like and not, I'm not comparing him to an SCC guy or ACC guy. I'm kind of comparing him to folks who are in a similar situation, which I think is kind of what you're supposed to do with these numbers when you have a guy coming out of conference kind of like that. Hope I said that right. Anyways, quick look, uh, breakout age, 19. Dominator rating is college dominators, 30.5. Typically, you want to see one of their best dominator rates, like closer to a 40, but it's still pretty good. His uh, average market share of receiving yards was 23.76. Again, you want to kind of see that closer to 30. His yards per team pass attention above conference average was a minus 0.1. Now you have guys like Nate Burleson and Devonta Adams. They came out of the same conference. Those guys are hitting numbers closer to like a, a 0.7, a 0.8. So without being too hard on them, that's just like a pretty bad number when you're comparing them against conference average. What was that stat? Yards per team pass attempt above conference average. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, you're comparing them to a bunch of similar players in similar situations, and his is, it, it's pretty low uh, compared to guys who have who have done something in the NFL. That's fair. That's why we do this, man. Don't hold back. Yeah, yeah. So Don't hold back on me. Looking at some of the stuff, like maybe his ceiling is like a Nate Burleson type. Okay. depends on where he gets drafted. So I, I did kind of look into that. A couple more knocks. He's a four-year player, which based on my research and what I see, guys coming from these smaller conferences, that's pretty typical to see four-year players. You don't have a lot of early declares coming from these smaller schools, so I'm not going to knock him on that too bad. Okay. But he was a third-year breakout. So it took him three years in the conference to, to, to break out. Uh, some of the more successful guys were first-year breakouts like Devonta Adams, I think, Burleson was like a second year breakout. This guy took three years to break out and he played four years in school. Yep. Yep. Like it or not, those are some things we just, we typically don't want to see. And so I was like, oh, well, what kind of draft capital are we looking at? Because that's another thing. It, it will matter. All this other stuff won't matter if he gets taken in the first. I mean, not really, right? Because the NFL does this better than we do. They just do. So I went to grindingthemocks.com, another website I've plugged a lot on here because it's fun to see what these guys is. They call it a EDP expected draft capital or expected draft position. 
So through 117 mocks, his expected draft position is 88.4, which what that puts you third round back into the third round, mid third round, which, which is not terrible. I'm like it. That's day two. I like what I see. That would put him at like wide receiver 13 taken in the draft. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of expected. You know, again, when I'm watching these guys on film, one thing I do is try to forget about everything else but what I'm watching on film. As you should. Yeah. Everything else, right? I don't want to think about who else I watched before. I don't want to think about where they came from. I don't want to think about only thing I care about, to be honest with you, is their size because I want to know how big they are like on the field. And that is it. Nothing else do I care about as far as the film goes, because I want to be super, super objective, right? It's a straight film grade because, you know, you and I plan on putting this into a model and, and modeling it out. And I don't plan on making my film grade 50% of our, of, of our, formula, <laughs> right? Like that, that makes no sense to me. It's, it's clearly a much, much less significant factor in this formula we have analytics are a big part of what i do in general so i totally believe in them and they you know they matter and they tell a story and they can really give you a good profile of a player and where he's headed most likely most of the time right at a high probability so i'm going to lean on that stuff and see if we can add in a little bit of what we're seeing on film a little bit of what i'm seeing on film and see if that can maybe give us an edge this year right because i think what i saw on film with romeo dubs could be absolutely legit and make a lot of sense because he is a four-year player he's a senior playing against a lot of younger guys probably so for him to look as good as he did could make sense and we are going to account for that based you know in with the stats the nfl is going to account for that for us based on the draft capital and you know he'll fall where he does in my rankings at that point but I'll, I'll tell you, man, if, if the NFL sees what I'm seeing, they're going to love this guy. So I, I hope he does get the draft capital we're talking about. And, that, and that's why we do this. It's, this is fun, right? I, I haven't seen him play a single down of football. I was just comparing him to other dudes that are in similar situations and looking at historically what, what the outcomes are. And then checking with the grinding the mocks, which I think is a really useful tool because we could kind of not be surprised when, you know, these guys get taken in the fourth or fifth round and be like, well, yeah, we had 800 mocks telling you that's most likely where he's going to get taken so absolutely and and he could easily go fourth fifth and and that'll really you know drop him down the rankings we aren't people who we aren't these looney tunes who do their drafts before the nfl draft so <laughs> you know my rankings yeah. won't won't be finalized until after that and at that point he may fall below guys like justin ross and kyle phillips and jameson williams and guys who are who are like pretty chris olave guys who are pretty far down based on draft capital and based on you know, the model we built out and just other things we're seeing, of course, but I do put a, a bit of stock into, into what I'm seeing on, on the field here because it does make a difference. That's what, you know, got to play ball. Got to play ball. Got to yeah. play ball, right? And, you know, analytics can't tell you how well he's catching the ball or how far outside of his body he's catching the ball. And you're seeing that when you're watching him on film and those things do matter. Right. Those things do matter. And I think at the very least, this guy, if he does get that, you know, third, fourth, if he goes in that range, fourth, fifth or whatever, he could still be like a you know wide receiver two three guy eventually because he has a really good skill set like this guy can play football so i think if they get him into a position where he actually has a role regardless of of when he gets drafted he will carve out something for himself yep. it's just how successful can he actually be right it's it's the difference between like you're saying like Nate Burleson or or that kind of player or you know 
I don't know, like, Somebody else. <laughs> you know, which isn't that bad, but it's just, he's going to be like a wide receiver three eventually. And maybe he'll, he'll give you some points, but anyway, I love doing these, dude. I'm fine. We're finding guys this year. Uh, I think we were, we're refining the process a bit and we're finding a few more hidden gems, even if they don't end up being that in the end, some guys to, to touch on that. I don't think most typically will or would this early on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we could do Traylon Burks if you guys want, but it's been done by everybody. I'm sure you've read 14 Twitter threads on him. Yeah, but how many uh, how many Romeo Dubs have you heard about? So no, no, totally. I'd like to go through. I, you know, we've been. I think we've done a couple wide wide receivers now. Uh, I'd like to do a couple more of those, and then we can move on to running backs and kind of do the same thing. We'll do running backs, tight ends, QBs. Just, we'll go through it the whole offseason, man. It'll be fun. All right, let's talk about some trades and non-trades. Both of these are mine, actually, so that's cool. I really, I tried my best to have a uh, OJ Howard week, like you had Mike Evans week, because we went <laughs> through the prices last week. Like, I was like, oh, fourth. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. So I actually put in more time trying to, I mean, I still do it my way, but I just kind of send an offer and see what happens. But uh, I, I did offer fourth for OJ Howard, I offered thirds for Evan Ingram, and I haven't really gotten any bites. I had some people, I think I offered like two fourths and a third for Evan Ingram and OJ Howard that were on the same team. I was like, I'm going to try to get both these guys. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save my tight ends because I was like, yeah, that's probably smart. But I did get one counter. I sent a third, which would have been my 310 for Evan Ingram. And he countered back with Evan Ingram and a fourth for my 210. What do you think? Evan Ingram and a fourth for your two ten. We talked about last week. He's worth about a mid third. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that. That's fine. Because I don't. I don't think anything at the two ten you're going to be looking at. I just did a super flex rookie mock. Actually, our article is going to be coming out on Dynasty Football Factory. First round, second round, third round, fourth round. It'll all be separate separate articles. But going through that, you realize how quickly the pool dries up, especially around like the third round. So. If you, you know, I'm not a believer in Evan Ingram, but you talked about how you, you do like him a bit. So if that's where you're at on him, I think this is good value. It's fine. All right. And just before we recorded, I got an offer for my DJ Moore. And the guy offered me the 106. And it was crazy enough, like I actually had to, I had to think about it a little bit. What, what do you think? He offered his 106 for your DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like if we're talking 106, we're talking what? Like, Drake London. And the super flex, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, what, two quarterbacks are going to go? Three running backs, probably. At least one. So that leaves me with, like, what, one of the two top running backs or one of the top three wide receivers? I think you probably, yeah, one of the two top, probably, like, Drake London, like you said, Garrett Wilson is going to be there, or, like, a Kenneth Walker or something like that, I imagine. And I'd probably rather DJ Moore still yeah yeah i'd probably rather dj Moore still he's a really really good player and he's had a tough situation but i think he could get better and there's no guarantee any of these guys go into a better situation right or are better anyway so yeah i think you could get more for dj Moore. <laughs> no pun intended but i think you can get a little bit more that was my first thought was like if this was the 104 i think i'm willing to move dj Moore for that but I know it doesn't seem like a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot. But once you get into these mocks and start seeing where these guys are going, there's a difference between 104 and 106 to me, which might be just enough difference between DJ Moore. He doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, and he's kind of had an up and down career, and he's kind of a frustrating player to roster for me personally. 
you know, all these boom and bust weeks, a lot of down weeks. And to Peter Howard's credit, I was listening to one of his recent podcasts and he was talking about the, what's more valuable to hold this time of year compared to next year and the potential outcomes, nine separate outcomes between, I'm going to ramble on here, but talking about like a, a veteran player, although DJ Moore is not that veteran, I think he's 25 years old, he's not 27, which is kind of more like, I think what his point was, but say DJ Moore plays this year and has a very mediocre year, you know, wide receiver 27 or something like that. What's his value going to look like a year from now compared to, I don't know, Drake London, even if Drake London has a mediocre year, not great, not bad, but mediocre. You're talking about Peter Howard's pod, right? That's what I was saying. Yeah. 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 Where he was doing the, he's doing the dynasty theory, like boxes or whatever. If I hadn't listened to that on the way home, I don't know if I would have thought about this as much. No, that's a good point. And I listened to it too. And I didn't Mm -hmm. think about it when you were talking here, but yeah, he was saying essentially how uh, a rookie's value is more likely to raise after their first season than a than a vets is going to raise mm-hmm. after that se- that same season right it, they're likely going to either come out even and the rookie usually will come out on top in value and that's a good point i'm not a big dj Moore person so i could be persuaded on that here like i could totally be persuaded to go grab drake london or something like that like i like him a lot on film we haven't talked about him really but i think he's incredibly good on film like blocking like every single thing you like out of a, a receiver for the nfl is him mm-hmm. burst for how big he is so yeah i love that and so you could, i could be persuaded and and honestly thinking back to that he made some great points man like he really did how you know in every scenario the rookie not every but in i think it was like four out of six scenarios or six out of eight scenarios the rookie wins out it does yeah and it really does it depends on where my team's at and my team is that's what he was saying too he was saying it's, you know, in a vacuum, that's, that's the answer, but it's always with fantasy and with dynasty, it's very, very team dependent. So the in a vacuum answer is garbage for you, to be honest with you, like us saying, yeah, you know, six out of eight times, if you look at it, you know, scenario to scenario is the, is the wide receiver, the, the younger wide receiver going to win out? Yes. But like in practice, it's a lot harder because our teams are very dynamic and different and, you know, we need different things. So it's very team dependent, but I think, look, if you're not like winning the league next year, take the pick. Right. But again, I bet you, you can get, if that's what he offered, he offered you that, right? Yeah. Never take the first offer, man. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like you can get more. You, he wants DJ more. I mean, you could totally, totally get more from him right now. I'll try to do that. That's what I would do. And yeah, just for fun. Yeah. All right. Well, I actually had a trade that I sent you, but you probably didn't see it because MFL rolled over. And like, oh, okay. Deleted my trade. Probably trash. You trying to move Cole? You trying to move Cole Komet? Oh, you, line up, bud. You're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Oh, what do you want? What are you trying to give me? Huh? I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to give you. I don't know if I want to give you anything good. <laughs> uh, what was I sending you? I think I was sending you maybe Dan Arnold and something for him. Oh yeah please okay all right <laughs> oh man so are you high on cole commit I, I might have no choice because i think my other starting tight end is gronkowski and then after that it's higby and cole commit so you and i were both in the same boat in this league where we yeah i need a tight end the whole time are struggling for tight ends that's because fucking dan the one who the, the person who just won the league this year hoarded all the tight ends he has like five of them all of them <laughs> so 
yeah, it's a problem for us. It's a problem for sure. Yeah, I was seeing if I could snag some Cole Komet off you, but yeah, it seems like it's going to take a little too much for uh, a little too rich for my blood. Well, you know, uh, once I draft Trey McBride, I'll, I'll be more willing to move on from Cole Komet. Okay. All right, then I'll, I'll wait closer to the draft for sure because Sounds good. I, I do think Cole Komet has some upside to him. Me too. All right, is there anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, I want to talk about why our draft is like 25 rounds long for the rookie draft in the U1. So I need to go figure that out. Fun stuff. Oh, uh, what? I, I you know as customizable as it is there's like it's you got to figure it all out yourself so yeah i'm a glutton for punishment i guess we'll figure it out you know, you'll just have ben yelling at you like hey guy this is messed up Why oh no you fix no it? you have no idea ben is my personal <laughs> mfl like customer support because he has been doing this for a while he started the most complicated league i'm in yeah yeah and i so like i asked him today <laughs> he, he he is the best i love ben because he's so straightforward and so like just honest and and like you know what you're getting out of him and i i asked him i'm like why aren't the rookie picks showing up in my draft and he's not even in this league like he was in uh or, or yeah it was in for du2 i was like why aren't the rookie picks showing up in the startup draft and he's like i don't know he's like i don't have it on the top of my brain and i'm like, <laughs> I'm like all right man like but but i had already asked him like six questions so like I deserve it kind of thing you know he's really <laughs> my personal customer support so uh big shout out to to ben at live at ben on twitter go go hit him up he he writes for toilet for titles and podcasts for them and does a whole bunch of shit but he's a great great commissioner great dynasty player fun guy uh, we've had him on here before too so we got to have him back on definitely and i don't know if you if you're friends with him on facebook or anything but he has like some of the best hats like he always looks so great yeah yeah <laughs> and he eats some of the best food by the oh, way i know like, Oh my goodness. He's, he's a man of culture for sure. He sure he, is. He is. He's also, he's like, he's around your age. I think maybe a little bit older than you too. So he's, a ref, he's got refined taste. You know, I'm not there he yet. He sure does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Oh man, dude. That's a, that's a great way to end it. That's a great way. Let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog. Follow me at Just Uriah FF. Follow Billy at Willie Beeman DFF. Follow his podcast at Any Given Pod. And follow our co-host, who should be returning to us next week, Josh Goldberg, at Josh U-A-M Goldberg. Have a good night, people.